This time on, no, not the mind probe. Episode number nine. What the F? John, I'm watching Doctor Who with you finally. Do you realize, you stupid old man, that you have no one to talk to about this if not for me? You ought to go down on your hands and knees and thank me. But gratitude's the last thing you'll ever have or any sort of common sense either. Now excuse me while I storm out of this podcast. I'm, stor- I'm storming out. Storming? Do I'm out. storming out. Oh. I, close, I closed the door. Did you hear that? That's the, you the mic isn't really picking it up. I'm really <laughs> mad. Can you hear how mad I am? <laughs> yes, in that, that monotone rage. Can you hear how mad I am? <laughs> Welcome to No, Not the Mind Probe, a podcast where we watch <laughs> sort of an 80s sitcom thing. <laughs> that was kind of my catch. It's like an Urkel catchphrase. Right, no, right. Not the Mind Probe, um, a podcast where we watch and rank every single Doctor Who story ever. My name is John Grant, and I am a lifelong Doctor Who fan. I've been watching it for 35 years. And my name is Porter Mason, and John has been asking me to watch Doctor Who for 25 years, and I've, I finally said yes. Each episode will look at two stories. We're going through the new Doctor Who series in order, and our Doctor Who curator, John, will find a pairing for that episode with a classic story. John, what do we have this episode of Noon mm. on the Micro? This episode, we start with the new series episode, Boomtown, uh, which is sort of the, the the gentle sorbet palate cleanser before the grand mm, finale. Mm. Yeah, uh, um, And because it's, it's a very odd episode um, in itself, um, it was a little bit challenging to find a good pairing. So we went with uh, another first season uh, story um, uh, with many different names again, but often referred to as The Edge of Destruction, uh, a two-parter for the first Doctor. Okay, it's time to recap some really strange episodes, John. <laughs> We're going to start off with this really put my this will put my recapping skills to the test. Yeah. Um we start off with Boomtown, which is season 1 episode 11 of the new series. It aired on the 4th of June 2005, and here is a little clip. Hello, I've come to see the Lord Mayor. Have you got an appointment? No, just an old friend passing by, a bit of a surprise. Can't wait to see her face. Well, she's just having a cup of tea. Just go in there and tell her the doctor would like to see her. Doctor who? Just the doctor. Tell her exactly that. The doctor. I'm on a tick. The Lord Mayor says thank you for, for popping by. She, she'd love to have a chat, but um, she's up to her eyes and paperwork. Perhaps if we could make an appointment f- for next week. She's climbing out the window, isn't she? Yes, she is. <laughs> That's a really cute little clip um, of, of Boomtown. And of course, because John cares about them so much, this is now the third Doctor Who episode he showed me with the Selene because um, that's basically a third of all episodes of Doctor Who that I've seen <laughs> involve the farting baby-like monsters. I want you to love them as much as I do. Yeah. And uh, as you might have picked up from the lovely accent of the mayor's assistant, we return to the interdimensional time rift known as Cardiff Wales. The doctor wants to recharge the TARDIF using the time rift. And so the whole gang, Dr. Rose, Captain Jack, uh, have lunch, have a delightful lunch with Mickey. Really nice. Everybody gets along great. I thought there was going to be some weird thing where they get to some of this later of like tension between them. I, I think it's probably just because the Jack and the doctor are so like sort of personable and command everything. They have a great time. These four are fast friends. I mean, I'd like to think that if you had lunch with these people, it would be interesting. Maybe you wouldn't want to lunch with them all the time. I don't know. Right. But, a good know, story. Like one, yeah, they probably have something interesting to talk about, you know, and, and, and you'd be like, well, I've been watching an interesting Netflix series. So, you know, we all have lives. <laughs> right, right. They'd be like, mm, maybe we'll hear about that later after I talk to you about the time beast that I slaughtered. Well, they're having a grand time until the doctor notices one of the Sladeen family they thought they dispatched before in uh, the Aliens in London. Uh, 
is alive and well and the mayor of Cardiff. <laughs> so they didn't really quite dispatch her as much as they thought. They head to City Hall and they surround the place and use a cunning plan and a teleport device to capture the Raxico Falpatorian. She has been well trying done. to open. Thank you. She's been trying to practice for hours. <laughs> practice for hours <laughs> on that. She's been trying to open a nuclear power plant on top of the rift to open it, destroy the Earth, and surf the time space continuum out of there to escape, not to uh, Rexico Falpatorius, but to somewhere else. She says, because she says she'll die if she goes to her home. That's what they plan to do. They were going to return her home, let the, her home planet authorities deal with her. And she says, she'll die if you, if you take me home. So think about it. <laughs> so think on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they do. That. Mm-hmm. They spend the episode doing so. Jack uh, works on integrating the time skateboard thing into the TARDIS to help it charge more quickly. And so the doctor and the Sladine go and have a little last meal. They have a little dinner with Andre, <laughs> dinner with the doctor. <laughs> uh, Mickey and Rose also go and break bread. And he lets her know that he's trying to move on. And Rose wants it both ways. She is upset by this. She wants him waiting for her, but she also doesn't want to stay on Earth with him. So she's being pretty difficult, to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they start to confront themso- each other about this, there's a huge time quake that happens. And we find that the device that Jack has hooked up is opening the rift. The Slitheen gets free, takes Rose hostage, looks into the heart of the TARDIS, which, mm-hmm. you know, we definitely that, that that's the big thing, right? We want to talk more about what happens there. And it that distracts that her looking into the heart of the TARDIS distracts her long enough for the doctor and Jack to close the rift. And the heart of the TARDIS seems to like grant wishes almost of sorts. And it turns her back into an egg. Um, Like it took her back in time or I don't know, but it, it's, it's taken her back to her baby form. And so that she'll have a second chance at life. And they take her to Raxico Falpatorius so that she'll be raised by a family other than the Slovene. And Rose realizes that she and Mecky left without saying goodbye and she goes back, but it's too late. He's moved on. So I sort of good, good for Mickey here. I, I don't know if we'll ever see him again. I've really come to like him as a character. There's some mm-hmm. great moments in this, but um, I, I'm kind of on his side here, which is like, she's being unreasonable with what she wants out of this relationship. So um, that's all I had. I mean, I, I don't know. Did I miss anything? Like, there's it, there's a lot going on. There's beautiful public art in downtown Cardiff. There's yes, some nice stuff all real. there. Yes, it's a very nice. Uh, um, I've been I've been to Downton Cardiff. Uh, oh, okay. Wait, that, For that sounds purpose? like a TV show, Downton Cardiff. No, I've <laughs> <laughs> been to downtown Cardiff. Um, was going to Cardiff a, a Doctor Who journey? Was it for that purpose? Yeah, largely? so uh, they had well, so the production office and, and studios are there, and they did have for a while. I think it just closed now, but they did have a Doctor Who exhibition where you could go and there were props from the series, and they have old old and new series, and it's TARDIS consoles and Daleks and stuff like that. And, and I have to say that as a grown forty something man, it was one of the most difficult moments of my life to not touch things like, like i wanted well, you to said touch you did touch the, the dalek, i touched the dalek right? yes i was like i yeah. had to i had to um uh, that's my previous episode called daleks uh check <laughs> just a call back go to my um, show to the airball previous episode check them out where they're now linked uh, yeah you can link rate us on episode. itunes um share the links uh if you're a major network uh please pick us up uh our option but we yeah. t- intend to turn this into a tv show i think <laughs> i think it's got it's got it's got potential um yeah, um, this is a very strange episode. This is a, uh, you might be able to tell, this is, was a bit of a last minute filler episode. So it was another oh. writer who was supposed to write the episode or a, a story. Uh, and then there was some sort of conflict and he couldn't do it anymore. And so they had to sort of do this at the last minute. Um, the, um, which is, so, you know, that's why it seems to be a bit of a smaller episode. There's not a whole bunch of major effects or sets or, you know, they, they film in right. Cardiff, which is obviously right outside the, the office door. And then they have the TARDIS set and a restaurant, which again was, it was a nice restaurant, but I don't think it was too expensive to build the, the set there. Um, they, uh, uh, and then also they wanted to bring back so the actress is Annette Badland. She plays um uh the Slazine, um Blom Blom something. Uh and um apparently Russell T. Davies liked her in Aliens of London, uh, and so was like, Okay, I'd like to bring her back. Uh, which is why the story kind of contorts a little bit because you know, she has the whole thing about, oh, don't take pictures of me and all that kind of stuff. It's like, well, you're wearing a skin suit. 
So you could just throw that one away and get another body, (laughs) but obviously then they couldn't bring the actress back. Um, So they kind of have to dance around that a little bit. And and I think that's the whole, the story does, the plot is a little, is a little ropey, uh, you know, that she's going to surf uh, <laughs> time rift explosion and that the surfboard had to be in the model of the nuclear power plant for some reason. I don't know why that had to be there. Um, that was sort of interesting. Um, it seems like and I understand being a filler just to have yeah. a filler, but it seems like they wanted to accomplish a couple things like maybe again, maybe dispatch with Mickey to some extent or just kind of close that off. I don't know. Maybe that's not really much of a loose end, but more importantly that she sees the TARDIS and that they they do establish the rift, which, as you've right. said before, is going to be a recurring theme. Yeah. Yeah. And that comes back quite a bit. Um, and they are I mean, it is they're basically they're discussing the character arc and arcs of the season, like for all of them. Right. I mean, sort of, you know, Rose is finding herself and sort of what's the effect of that. Um, and you've got the doctor and, and the the conversation they have at dinner uh, with him in this lean is the sort of core theme of this whole first season, right? It is sort of this idea of like, can you change, you know, you know, uh, you know, as a, as a person or as an alien, <laughs> like, you know, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, that's something the doctor's dealing with as well. Um, Russell Davies said when he wrote this too, he also wanted to explore the idea of consequences for the doctor, right? That, you know, we talked about this with our last episode we recorded so long ago, but uh, uh, themes around happy endings and stuff. And, and the doctor does very commonly just kind of swan off, uh, and you know, leaving chaos around you know, Downing right. Street and destroyed or whatever, um, and um, uh, you know, this is sort of exploring this idea of all right, well, you know, does he? People get punished. People, you know, that there's you know, she's going to be executed by her her home planet and stuff. And, and you know, what does he? Does he take any responsibility for that, or should he take responsibility for that? Um, which is kind of an interesting. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure Doctor Who stands up to that, right? That the way the series is, it is kind of a happy-go-lucky series. I think actually almost exploring that aspect of the character, like, oh, there are going to be serious consequences for what you do, um, is, is I'm not sure it can do that <laughs> all well, the I time. Think, I think what it is accomplishing, or at least setting a tone for, which is a departure from the old series, from everything you've told me, is that they do come back, yeah. and this did happen, and she's still here, and, you know we're starting we're starting to see more definitely and uh you know probably we're the season arc and then then uh they get they gets revealed a bad wolf gets right. talked about which is the name of the next episode which he immediately dismisses i i love the the the, yeah. the joke of him doing like this whole portentous speech and then just being like Nah, never mind. It's just like when you hear a name on the radio, and then suddenly you hear it everywhere. Right, right. <laughs> like, yeah. that was that was. Great. It mentions Bad Wolf, and then says, <laughs> and has it sounds ominous. Oh my God, what is this? It's following me around, and then Rose is worried, and he says, "Nah, eh, sometimes it's just nothing. Though. Don't worry about it." <laughs> but of course, and the reason I'm saying that is, I I can see from our show schedule, our watch mm-hmm. order, you can see that we're watching that episode next and it's the name of the episode. So something mm-hmm. something's happening something's with up. that. Something's up. Um. Yeah. So I think it's it's. And what's interesting is that I think in an American show, or just a show with more episodes, like I think about this as an episode of Lost, it's just kind of like accomplishing some stuff, moving along in a 13 or, or 12, 13 or 12, I forget what it is, but in, in not many episodes per season, I think it's tough to have this be one of the episodes because like it is just kind of kicking some stuff down the road and moving yeah. things along in a 22 episode season these you have episodes like these all that half the episodes are like this where it's like eh, just kind of spin around and see what happens and sometimes great episodes come from yeah. those um and i don't think it's a bad episode i don't dislike it that much it's just sort of like not not too consequential not too huge and you will see i mean there you definitely even in the new series, even as as well produced as as much money as it has compared to other, uh, you know, the past Doctor Who's and stuff, you can definitely tell every season you can identify pretty quickly the episodes that were like this is the one they needed to save money, Let's save some money, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, or uh, and you know later we get and the uh, ones they spent a lot on, yeah, right, exactly, and 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 so yeah, there's there's some counterbalancing here. Um, I do I so the, the Doctor character development, I'm, I'm a little. Unsure. I mean, I think it's interesting. I think it's important to spell it out a little bit. Um, I like the Rose Mickey stuff more. Like, I think that's interesting exploring the consequences. I've read some reviews that people thought that was unearned or that like, oh, oh. I don't think that. Well, people are like, oh, I don't, we don't buy that Rose and Mickey were really into each other. 
which I do. I think uh, I do. Yeah, and I, I, I honestly, again, we were talking about this. I think earlier in earlier podcasts is about um, uh, you know, how good Russell T Davies is at just establishing a character or story through a few lines or images, and I think the if you go all the way back to Rose, just that opening montage of like her with him and like what her life was like and like just establishes like, yeah, they, they're friends. They're, they're in a relationship. Um, maybe it's a little bit sort of stale. Or, you know, it is, like, but that's what I buy about it. Yeah. And also, and I think the detail that I thought was really interesting that was added in father's day was the idea that Mickey's been in her life since she was like a baby. Like right. Mickey's just around Safe choice. Yeah. He's just a friend. He's just there. I'm, I believe that they're in love. They're almost like, siblings really and then like like that's fine they, they fell in love but it is a very comfortable safe thing and so she is faced with this choice of am i gonna go off and do this crazy thing but i can't keep the comfort then like i have to choose and and it's he's forcing her to say like you have to decide this and similarly he's quite literally made that choice he's been offered to be on the tardis and he said no i want to i want to stay here i'm going to date this normal other girl kind of random other girl and i'm kind of fine with this normal life and um and you know that's not what she wants i i think that was totally earned i um the other thing that i think this episode does is we just met captain jack last episode or sorry the last two but the last mm-hmm. story and he definitely grew on me by the end of that by the end of the doctor dances i wasn't like so sure on him at the beginning of um the empty child but by the end of the doctor dances i was in and it gives us another episode to just kind of hang out with him and he's mm-hmm. great like so i really liked him even more in this episode there's a lot of good banter the f- thing is i miss mickey is like i thought the banter with him and mickey when they come in yeah. there's the four of them talking it, a, it was a really good energy like they were a good team i wish they were kind of traveling around more together so yeah they bounce off each other well um i do it is, it is interesting how um uh it's pretty clear that a time has passed it's like that you know that, that clearly they've been traveling a lot a while together like this isn't jack's first trip <laughs> in the time oh, right right like they have stories and stuff like that so that's kind of it'll be interesting one of you know um uh, it's been announced uh of course that christopher eccleston is coming back to make audio adventures uh in with big finish and um you know what how big finish works is they fill in gaps um and john barrowman and billy piper have also done audios for big finish so it would be on the table Who's, who's John Berman? Captain Jack? Yeah, Captain Jack. So it would definitely be on the table for, you know, that to be, if that's the direction they go, they could actually have, you know, whatever whatever was actually happening with them between, you know, between the end of the Doctor Dances and this story. Um, that's a gap. I enjoyed, that all, <clears throat> I enjoyed also that Mickey, again, that was just one of my favorite back and forces when he came in and tells the doctor he has big ears which i really liked there was just such a back and forth like he's also more comfortable with the doctor he kind of dresses him down and yeah it was all um all that stuff was good i'm and i did like the my dinner with andre aspect of like let's have them have dinner together but i was really surprised um now again i kind of watched so probers to recap here's what happened (laughs) before the podcast started we did a test episode where john showed me the adventures of sarah jane which involved Mm -hmm. the slithine so when i first saw the slithine in the doctor who episodes it i'd already kind of known the farting thing it didn't strike me as that uh, childish it was like oh yeah that that's whatever that's just how it is but you said there's a big reaction in that now obviously they didn't necessarily know that a negative reaction i was really surprised that there wasn't really a need for this to be an existing character and if that was such a uh thing that wasn't really loved or at least you would think they would have been unsure about putting on there i was surprised they brought it back now the, now her being a sladine and the farting mm-hmm. and stuff is not a big part of this episode no but it is there and i just think why her why this if if you need to bring back something i i don't know i found that yeah, odd again i think i think russell d davis liked the actress um i actually uh, oh right um, and i we've talked before about sort of my ambivalence towards the scene i thought they actually did uh an excellent job again very tight writing to just in that you know they have that opening moment where the Selene takes off the skin suit and kills the guy and that's sort of classic but then they have the one where she goes into the bathroom with the reporter and then you think, okay, this is the direction it's going to go in. Uh, you know, she's going to kill the reporter now. And then has this very emotional moment about right. family, you know, the, she's yeah. married or getting married. She's pregnant, the reporter, and so she doesn't kill her and stuff like that. Um, and it was one of the many moments I, th- I thought this was where the, the episode was really interesting is it kept going in a direction you didn't expect it to go in, right? Like it was, you know, first it was just going to be, okay, this will be another plot by the Selene. 
but then she doesn't, you know, that reporter scene, she doesn't do what you're expecting her. Then it's like, okay, the, the whole story is going to be them chasing her down and trying to outwit her. And then they catch her in like five minutes. <laughs> and it's like, okay, it's going to be her trying to escape. And, let's, and then they just keep going in a different direction than, than you think the sort of uh, the obvious story would go in. Um, it does have, I think, a pretty deus ex machina ending <laughs> just sort of suddenly the tardis opens which is not a thing that's happened a lot or well, i was ever. gonna say so let's talk about that a little because we're not gonna mention that in the themes so i don't think well are we um, we don't have to i don't know who knows i mean we have who no knows? control we have who knows what will happen <laughs> who has the themes? yeah we who knows what will get assigned to us what our editors <laughs> will assign to us as the themes <laughs> Um, well, I don't think we're going to talk about that. So just briefly, (laughs) you said that, that rare, I mean, maybe another time, but that, that rarely happens. It seemed like a big deal. Um, so it is, yeah, go ahead. It's setting, well, it's, I mean, I will give them a little bit of credit. It's setting up something that happens in the next couple episodes. Um, okay. So it's it's establishing thing that they're used later. Yeah. Um, do we know why they added in, like you said, this was a fill in episode was an episode dropped. Did they feel like they needed an episode was dropped. Yeah, yeah. So they they had you know they they had a set number of episodes for the season. They had a writer for this. Uh, I, I forget the name. I think it's something Paul Abbott or something like that. Somebody I hadn't heard of. Bud Abbott. Before. I think Bud uh, Abbott. Yeah. <laughs> um, somebody hadn't heard of. Too slapstick. He wrote a very slapstick episode, <laughs> and never will hear of again because he mm-hmm. obviously didn't deliver. Mm-hmm. So his his career was ruined. Yeah, he was like Stephen King or whoever that is. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, uh, yeah. So they needed a quick filler, uh, uh, and so this is what they kind of came up with. And I'm sure there must have been. Again, I don't know anything about what the episode was going to look like before, but I assume because they map the seasons out in advance that there must have been at least a couple elements where Russell T. Davis is like, okay, by this episode, you know, these things have to happen to establish stuff for, you know, the, the, the finale, um, which we're working up to, uh, because they put the finale at the end of the mm. season, which was, yeah, Ooh. again, just <laughs> again zigging when you would have expected them to zag. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, um, uh, you know, again, you wonder what elements I, am guessing something about the TARDIS and, and whatnot was an important piece of that. Um, and then it does, and we see this in the, in the edge of destruction too. There is sort of an ongoing, I want to say debate, but sort of an ongoing back and forth over is the TARDIS a machine or is it alive? Does it have sentience or does it not? Um, and it, it was kind to be of, yeah, it, it was kind of danced around in the earlier ones. Definitely in the new series, though, it, it very much comes. A, it, it's it's a living thing. It's not, or it has. A, yeah, it has a presence. There's even an episode, the Neil Gaiman episode, uh, in a few seasons where you meet the TARDIS is actually takes on a personality, um, which is it's just a very good episode. But um, uh, so they definitely move more in that direction. But in the classic series, they always were sort of like, well, yeah, it's kind of there's like a telepathic link with the doctor and sometimes it's a machine and sometimes it's, it's got, you know, it's got some connection to him. But speaking of the TARDIS, John, why don't we now move to our classic episode, hmm. the edge of destruction, which does take place entirely on the TARDIS. Hmm. This is season one, serial three of the original series, which now you've had me watch almost the first, I just need to watch serial two. You probably wait like three years till I get to watch that one. Well, that's the big Dalek one, but I'm holding that back. Because we watched the very first story. The Chronicles uh, of Za, yeah. The Chronicles of Za, <laughs> 100,000 BC, cave people go nuts, um, whatever that was called. <laughs> An unearthly like, child. Like a terrible girls gone wild is cave people <laughs> go nuts. <laughs> you know why I don't remember an unearthly child as the title of it because it refers to Susan, and I hate yes. Susan. Well, then pr- buckle up because this uh, episode yeah. is a Susan tour de force. Yeah, it really, really is. <laughs> anyway, this was released. It was. It was. It's just two episodes, which is it's shorter, and uh, uh, as you mentioned mercifully before, they're so. yeah. merc- <laughs> mercifully shorter, <laughs> and they are playing around with how many episodes could be in a story this is released on the 8th and 15th of february 1964 and here is a lull clip i know i know i said it would take the force of a total solar system to attract the power away from my ship we are at the very beginning the new start of a solar system. Outside, the atoms are rushing towards each other. 
confusing, coagulating, until minute little collections of matter are created. And so the process goes on and on until dust is formed. Dust then becomes solid entity, a new birth of a sun, and it's planets. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor. That was um, sort of a very dramatic reading of how planets are formed. Uh, <laughs> it's true. There is a, a disc of... Threw in a monologue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a time here. <laughs> again, there, there is the, the, the remit to teach science, and it is true that... Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, dust and rocks collect together and do <laughs> form into planets. And, and one of one of the many fascinating choices of line readings uh, <laughs> that, that pepper this entire story is sort of his, his weird giddiness at the end of that. Speech. I'm interested. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm interested <laughs> to uh, hear more about what is supposed to be happening. But also, <laughs> he he's describing a a, a planetary system forming. But I feel like, and also they're playing, they're playing a 2001, very reminiscent of 2001 type, which mm-hmm. came after this, but uh, mm-hmm. 2001 type music of what I call panic attack music in the background <laughs> as he's saying this. But he seems to be trying to reference almost the beginning of the universe, the galaxy, but he's just talking about planets forming, which happened i don't know it's yeah. whatever that's an astro that's an astrophysics nitpick but i just <laughs> these are two completely different events like this is that's just the generation of some planets he seemed to be talking about this fundamental thing in the universe like that's not a big deal when planets form i'm just gonna anyway spoiler alert not a lot in this episode makes sense <laughs> no so. okay so i will say that Good i luck. write these i write these little recaps down right and i uh, i read them and this is the shortest one I've ever written because there was just some a high level of gobbledygook and nonsense and a low level of anything I could coherently understand. So we're back with the first doctor who has the hood up on the old TARDIS. <laughs> he's, he's just out back. He's out on the driveway. TARDIS is up on blocks. He's got that hood up. He's, you know, the butt crack showing. He's leaned over. He's trying to change the old oil on the TARDIS. And uh, he makes something explode uh, very early on. And the doctor, and that's that's the start of our problems right there. Because right after the explosion, the doctor, Barbara, Ian, and Susan, all our friends from uh, from the beginning of the with the first doctor, they just wake up dazed after the explosion. And they immediately just begin acting confused and paranoid and, and, and accusatory. And they just get together in different pairings and yell at each other about who caused what. Um, and it always seems like that, like you said, we didn't know how. Well, I mean, I did happen to know it was only going to be two episodes, but I wasn't honestly paying close attention to that. And so it was one of those things where I kept waiting for some shoe to drop and find out that this was part of whatever the thing that was affecting them was part mm-hmm. of a larger story, because that seems right. to be kind of how it would go with some of these older ones there was a almost a red herring plot then mm-hmm. then you z- z- you're z- caught z- up in something up. else yeah right yeah and that is not the case this <laughs> was does it not happen um, here <laughs> the doctor in particular is distrusting of ian and especially barbara who mm-hmm. he's generally dismissive of but he's really laying it on <laughs> thick with her People argue, and then the doctor brings tea, which is actually roofies. Yeah, he and roofies everyone. Yeah. They're unable to leave the TARDIS for reasons, again, that gobbledygook, they just can't. And the big special effect of this episode is the door almost opening, <laughs> but then not really. Um, Barbara, after waking up, pieces together some clues or just is trying to think rationally about what's going on and does at least point get the doctor pointed in the direction of the issue with the TARDIS itself, that there's some fail safe that's occurring and whatever she mentions leads the doctor to look into something. He then fixes it pretty unceremoniously and then very reluctantly apologizes to Barbara who doesn't really accept his apology, nor should she because Mm -hmm. it's really, it's a real non-apology total jerk. Yeah. And then the episode ends, and I'm just left wondering what the point of any of that was. <laughs> like, it just didn't seem to. There was Tardis gobbledygook, and again, yeah. we were just getting to know them. So, I guess part of it is just sort of something about the Tardis. But 
it didn't feel like anything you learned was fundamental to the TARDIS itself. Um, and yeah, I mean, what did I miss, John? Quote unquote. <laughs> um, I, I this whole episode to me felt like it was. I felt like I was, I mentioned the music, but it felt like you were having a panic attack. Like, yeah. and, and so as a just sort of tonal episode, I guess it's successful in that it was this very strange thing. And this is early on in the series. They were clearly playing around with what they could do with it. Um, and this, this was an interesting thing. Well, this this stage play. Obviously a, a taut psychological thriller. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the psycho of, uh, of early Doctor Who. Uh, no, so this, uh, like Boomtown, uh, this was, uh, so they, um, they had done the Unearthly Child, the four episodes there. They'd just done a seven-parter, which introduced the Daleks. Oh, well, seven uh, parts. You yeah. got to warn me when that one's coming. I'm going to <laughs> Yeah, I got it. There's a few I'm giving you a heads up on. Uh, yeah, so seven-parter of the Daleks. And then uh, what was coming next was another seven-parter by John Lucarati, who did the Aztecs, called Marco Polo. And it was a oh, very wow. sort of lavish production. Uh, uh, it's a re- it, it's unfortunately does not exist on um, video anymore, but you can. the audio is very good. Um, and basically, they needed more time to get that together, I think, is how it was working. And so they basically ended up with two extra episodes. Um, and uh, so David Whitaker, who's the writer of this, who um, was kind of the script editor for the early series, uh, they were like, you, you got to come up with two, two episodes. You cannot have any sets or other actors. <laughs> You've got to, you can only use the TARDIS. It, can, it can't cost any money, basically. It has to. And so this. This is a common uh, television show thing that once you learn about it, if you don't already know this, once you hear about it, you'll remember like a million episodes from past TV watching like, oh, (laughs) and what it often is. And it happens a lot in American sitcoms because, as we mentioned, they'll also have 22 episodes to fill. And they're called We Need a Show in a Bottle. And in, in an American sitcom or a drama, it basically means like similar to this use the set that you're on every week we're not building any new set and you can only use the main ensemble cast there can't be any guest stars so there are often episodes where famous ones are you're stuck in an elevator friends had a lot of them where you're stuck in the friends apartment Mm -hmm. um you know there's things like that where they're stuck there for some reason so they make a big deal. Cheers, the entire series is a show in a bottle. <laughs> it's more surprising that they ever leave yeah. the bar. And um, but they're they're interesting because they happen a lot in American shows because honestly, they needed more filler. And what John and I were talking about before the episode is sometimes they end up being because of that constraint, they end up sort of being creatively interesting. The writer gets forced to do something they have maybe to be they character driven, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. That'd be character driven, and they have to involve only the main characters oftentimes writers bring in external characters because they're bored of the ensemble characters because they write them all the time well we love the main characters so actually sometimes <laughs> it's fun watching those that ensemble again anyway that's all to say sometimes those episodes are great this one really <laughs> wasn't but it's a common thing that happens on on shows does it yeah. happen much with doctor who i guess we'll talk about it more um, in the themes again there are like we talked about before there are episodes where it's clear that this is the cheap one uh or you know and they're, they're being right, more right. limited um yeah but not quite to this extent i mean i think so so yes it's a bottle episode they clearly were thinking they needed to fill time whitaker was the series sort of script editor and and by the way there are some later episodes written by david whitaker that are amazing he's an excellent writer so you can so i should say like he he's he's very good um and clearly just i think they're rushing here um uh wanted to do something to explore the characters like all right we have these four people they're new we should get to know them this will be a good opportunity with no robots or cavemen whizzing around uh, not the cavemen were whizzing around <laughs> 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 um but um uh you know no distractions we can get to know the characters then made the odd decision to have something going on that was causing them to behave out of character so that that may be <laughs> that that's one mistake i think was made i think the other major mistake here is in the direction um i think because it's it, it, half the episode just seems like each of the actors was doing something like had some image in their head of what was going on, but none of them all had an agree could agree. Like William Russell Ian is sort of playing like a zombie, and Barbara and and who knows what the hell Susan's doing? <laughs> it's just like they all she's doing like Martha Graham rhythmic dance moves, and <laughs> right. sort of and then like she's trying like to like show time movie like hysterical woman. <laughs> she's hysterical and trying to show with movement like how. Yeah her feelings are barbara is I, honestly the most well also because she ends up being i guess right about she ends up being able to h- grab hold of her 
reality long enough to kind of get yeah. them out of this. But uh, yeah, that's true. It really does seem like they were like an improv given... sketch where each one of them has a different motivation. <laughs> like, right, they're not listening to yeah, one another. Not attention. Um, it's uh, um, also the you know so the classic, uh, which is as we know from doing improv together, um, you know that that illusion that like oh conflict creates drama, right? Like you have right. to so have, let's just so yell at each other constantly. You know, they have some really interesting tonal uh, variation, in particular, like the the Susan's vicious scissors attack on the furniture, which was like, like it came out yeah. of nowhere. It's like, OK, well, I'm sure that actually did raise quite a people uh, like the higher ups were like, hey, it's a show for kids. We probably shouldn't show them using common household objects to stab people. I <laughs> forgot that. Idea. Yeah. Um, and then he's re- and then he's roofing them. Yeah, he re- well in the sixties that was okay. Like everybody, right? Roofied. <laughs> it was funny when he came out with his little tea set too. It was not that I necessarily knew he was going to drug them. It was such a strange shift for him. He was like, "And I distrust all of you. You're all trying to kill me. How about some tea? Yeah, everyone wants like, some ooh. tea. Yeah, it's a bit arch acting there. Yeah, um, it's clearly right. You know, poor Whitaker is clearly having trouble filling the time because. The the problem, right, is that a spring gets broken on a switch, which then the doctor explains twice at length <laughs> using examples that is like with the flashlight and stuff. It's like, I don't I, I think we got it. Yeah, yeah, we're clear. We're clear on this. Um, there's also the whole I mean, it is it is. So the the uh, again, this is another one where it's not clear what the title is, because the edge of destruction is the name of the first episode, but sort of the blanket story. Um, I think the the way it was on the camera script was inside the spaceship. So it was sort of supposed to be a little bit about the TARDIS and stuff. But it is odd that the TARDIS is this amazing machine that can do all these things, but it has to do these sort of vague hints as to what's going on. Like it's like it melts the clocks and then showing them images of the universe. Like it's like, well, couldn't you just have a little readout that was like switch is broken. <laughs> like, can we go? <laughs> so can you explain to me again, what I watched the entire first episode and maybe all of it thinking that they're clearly in some haze. They're being controlled or affected by something else going on. And it's affecting their ability to think, and we're going to see that, and then that'll be part of something. It's never clear to me that it that their behavior is actually explained. Like there's something wrong with the TARDIS, but everything that's happening interpersonally between them just seems to be their own stress and freaking out, which is really dumb. Then because like yeah. they're acting crazy, like they're right. acting really crazy. And I mean, I think probably what they're going for is I, I feel like is. Um... Like there was the explosion, the accident that caused them to all get knocked out. And then that caused concussions or something. And they were sort of thrown. And then I think what he was probably going for was this would, because they're all acting a little out of sorts, this was going to feed the distrust that they have of each other because they are still new. Ian and Barbara want to go home. They don't want to be on there. And and Dr. and Susan are alien. And maybe that was going to allow for these sort of misunderstandings. Because, you know, at the one point, Susan overhears Barbara and Ian talking and not tell her something, but that was not, not because they were trying to hide it from her because it was just a dumb idea. (laughs) Like, But like, I think I think there was some attempt that they that they were going to try to sort of build up to that that these misunderstandings were creating were feeding off of or or or, or building up the mistrust that was already sort of underlying the whole relationships because they were still new to each other. But again, I think none of the actors there was no agreement between the actors as to what was going on or what you know because uh, yeah they do hint at oh they're possessed by something it's like oh no it turns out they're not um and so you would have had to let that go at some point it's just it's a very odd odd story <laughs> it's very strange i i ended up um it's funny that because you paired it with this you know i mean you're my puppet master here with this so <laughs> because you paired it with this episode i i have to sort of compare them and in comparison i'm like oh boomtown was fine it was pretty good i mean it was okay i mean it was a little weird not that much happened but it was intelligible i understood things that did move forward the characters this was just so such kind of a waste you know i i just because i also think if you're going to stick them on the tardis and say we have to stick there especially early on in the series they're actually not on the tardis that much but it's a very important thing so why not really have them understand more about here's what this is here the here's how this works they can still have the the stress of saying I want to get back home and but the it what that wasn't there again it seemed like they were going crazy it seemed like something <laughs> yeah. was was you know like there was a gas that had come in nanobots had taken over their mind whatever you would decide that that would be happening 
and then the fact that that never <laughs> happened was so strange and then literally they just show up on a new planet like, no, okay it's snowing here let's go out here hey let's go throw snowballs it's like all what? Again. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah it's it, it's it's um uh so yeah part of why i paired it is uh so the two of them are they're more about character than anything else although again the character is kind of a mess uh also the tardis is kind of a living uh, you know role uh uh Look, there's a right. lot of new series. So it's not, uh, eventually we're going to get to the point where we're pairing episodes because I'm like, there's a red coat in each one guy's <laughs> wearing a red jacket. And so, so, so yeah. Um, but um, no, no, I mean, was, it did actually pair. It I, I think work. it did actually pair. Thank, thank you. Because that, but, but my point was more because I watched them together, they uh, made me appreciate uh, Boomtown more. But uh, one last thing I wanted to say that I happened to, I forget why, I think because we, made some changes to the the website mindprobe.show check it out we have our rankings up there in the show order which you can watch along with us as we as i go on this journey john's been on the journey it's not really interesting to him um boring boring for me we put up our rankings and i i happened to as i was putting in my rankings for the show for the episodes this week i thought oh there must be a million there's other doctor who show rankings and i just looked at a couple but this one was actually ranked not at the top but in the middle of the pack, and I was very surprised by that. So, is this episode or story somewhat beloved? I, um, I don't. That's a good. I don't know why. Um, there are many. They worse, did describe there are many you, worse. Yeah, I knew you were, <laughs> right, and you were. Jo- that's fine. But you were joking and said like, "Oh, it's a taught such psychological drama." But in the couple that I saw, they were like, "Oh, it actually is kind of this interesting exploration of the mind." And I thought, <laughs> "No." No, it isn't actually. <laughs> no, it might. I, I think mean, you've watched a little too much Doctor <laughs> Who. <laughs> Maybe the, um, it may it may just be up there because uh, this is. I mean, these the original crew people do like them. Uh, there is an attachment yeah. to them. Uh, so yeah, and there is there aren't many episodes of them around. Like there's there's only so many. Right, got, right. So there could be a little bit. But no, it's not. It's not one of my favorites. It's just. It's a very weird. It's just a very weird episode. Um, like I said, every t- sitting through watching every time, I'm just like, it really is. It's like a, an improv setup, and they've given somebody a scenario, but then they whispered to each actor something that there's Four something different, different yeah. going on. Yeah. And so each one is acting, which would be a great improv game, actually. But, uh, <laughs> well, the good news is uh, that probably is a one, yeah, but sure. just... the good news is there's a lot of times in my life where I'm sitting around thinking, Boy, I'm not having a panic attack, and I'd really like to. And then I could just put on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Themes, 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 themes. It's time for themes, themes. It's time for themes, themes. It's the themes episode, the themes episode, the themes episode, the themes episode. No, it's not the themes episode. It's the themes part of the episode. I like how you corrected the song. Yeah. Corrected itself. <laughs> well, people want songs to be uh, gr- honest. not, not grammatically correct, but honest. Yeah, level, level of honesty. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, I made a mistake while writing the song, and rather than go back and write the song over, I'm going to keep the mistake. <laughs> I'm going to right. own it. Oh yeah, I wrote that song <laughs> weeks ago, and I just. Let's stick into it. Uh, we are adherents of the repeating themes here as we watch Doctor Who, and we try to pick a couple for each episode. And this episode, we we it was the same. We did we did the same as we always do. <laughs> we just keep doing it. Um, so we talked about this some. So maybe we don't have that much additional to say, but we wanted to talk about uh, bottle episodes. Is this mm-hmm. does this happen a fair amount in Doctor Who, or, or was this more just in uh, the early shows? Because uh, the um, Boomtown is in a. Ex- totally traditional bottle episode they are in cardiff i guess cardiff is sort of the set (laughs) for doctor (laughs) who right no i mean i think think it's it's less maybe bottle and more just uh we uh we're we're there's something something's happened we've lost the story we need to add some extra episodes yeah or we don't have a lot of money or something's going on and they have to kind of quickly put something together um uh there's a there's a famous instance of a again famous in doctor who standards um, famous instance of like a, <laughs> a second doctor episode where um they um uh, uh they they lost they they needed to come up with one episode they had this whole bunch of extra time they need to come up with one episode so they just they wrote a story 
set entirely in a white void <laughs> because they had no set. And so they're oh. just like, it's in a white, and it's actually a really interesting sort of intriguing. But again, it's also a little bit weird. Like it is a little bit uh, off kilter. Um, and uh, we'll get to it at some point. But um, uh, so they have yeah, like I mean, one it, or two per season, maybe, maybe yeah, one. I mean, so the new series definitely you can tell what, which are sort of the cheaper ones. Um, uh, and uh, you know, the in the in the classic series, often what you'll see is there'll be some stories that are sort of all on location or a lot of location filming. There'll be other stories with minimum location filming, like it just, and then just one or two sets or something like that. Uh, again, not necessarily, you know, a bottle episode is usually just like one room or very limited space. Um, right. But, you know, other ones, it'll be like, they, they might still build a set, but it's going to be a very limited uh, set. They did, they did one story, uh, the horror of Fang Rock, that's all set in a lighthouse. And they basically just had like two rooms. And it's actually really, it's a great story too. A limited number of cast. Um, yeah, same kind of thing. So, so, but it's usually sort of a necessity thing, right? It's like, oh, well, we've got to, we need to, we need to have a story now. We can't have dead air. <laughs> so we have to do something. One, one last thing, as you mentioned, a true kind of a bottle episode for Doctor Who pretty much across the board would be this stuck in the TARDIS. Are there, how many episodes are there really stuck in the TARDIS? Um, not, not many. Some of the, um, I mean, we saw it a little bit in Vengeance on Varos. Uh, we like, oh, yeah, lengthy good, good period God. I wanted the them to get off the TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the fifth doctor, there are a few like that. And there'll be like an episode that, yeah, it takes them a while to get anywhere. Um, or, you know, there'll be like a lengthy prologue or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it's not, um, it's not too often that you have, uh, a story set in the TARDIS. Cause again, it is supposed to be just, it's just the thing that gets you to where you need to go. Right. Um, By the way, um, in this episode and in the part of Vengeance on Varos that you're mentioning, uh, when you are on the TARDIS for an extended period, you just can't help. But if you're a director of those episodes, say, we're going to tilt the camera and make you feel like the TARDIS is moving and you're going to have to pretend that, you know, the TARDIS you run to that side and then run to this side, there which is. happened on Star Trek, too. Of course, on the on the, the bridge, that would always happen, right? It's like, oh, we got to hold on to a table and really act like it's moving around. Well, there's a notorious uh, one of the worst episodes to, called Time Lash with the Sixth Doctor and Perry. And there's a notorious scene where they're about to go through some rough lying and they get out. The, the TARDIS seat belts, which are basically just these, they hook belts to the console and then just hang on to them and rock back. And forth. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it, it just looks terrible. Uh, and it was. Um, You've told me <laughs> that I'm going, I'm about to be redeemed, that the Six Actor and Perry are going to be redeemed when I watch. Uh, it's coming up next on our schedule. I uh, know the, the fifth Doctor and Perry. The sixth Doctor, it takes a while, but the fifth Doctor. Okay. Uh, the Caves of Androzani. Androzani. Yes. yes. Uh, it's coming yes, up next so actually i'm gonna watch that next coming up next uh yeah. tune, in. Um, tune in but yeah um uh, uh it's uh again it's just more of like hey we we need to do something quick we don't have a lot of money so it's going to be more of a limited story rather than necessarily a bottle episode and you know, we haven't mentioned by the way the deconstruction of the bottle episode in community which is of course where i really learned about bottle <laughs> oh really about the episodes yeah where i am i think they're stuck in the study room and it's just them arguing um and uh yeah what is that called the community bottle episode they talk about bottle episodes uh, cooperative calligraphy calligraphy yes the one where yeah. they, she loses the pen uh or she keeps losing the pens and they're fighting over that um and abed of course talks about it's a bottle episode so let's move on to our second theme the character development of a gentleman i like to call the doctor uh you wanted to talk a little bit about about that because the boomtown moves that forward i don't know that yeah. uh, i don't know that edge of destruction <laughs> does much of anything but boomtown definitely makes some uh decisions about the characters of the doctor yeah so I, i'll even come to the defense a little bit of the edge of destruction but let's start with boomtown yes uh they they clearly are i uh, i remember when the episode uh first aired i was like what's going on here i, I didn't it was a little weird episode i was like and eh, it's kind of just filler um then when you know i got the dvds and watched through the season again um it, yeah, it, it sort of crystallized. The, yeah, I was like, oh, and it, it really is explained. Like their discussion over dinner is one of the most important moments of the of the season because they are mm. talking about him as well, right? And, you know, and and sort of scarred by war, and you know, what can his character change, and, and you know, how is he developing? What's happening? Can he be forgiven? What's his responsibility for? You know, and and we find out later, in particular, like what he did in the time war. 
uh, and you know how what he was responsible for, and and you know, and and he has. Um, this is, there's actually even um, almost almost word for word a line that's used in about three seasons um, when you have a, a, another a confrontation with the doctor that is again about sort of like what you know you're you always move on you're always moving on because you you're, you're afraid to look back at what you've left behind you um, and you know that's also a big piece of like what we we're slowly finding out what he did during the time war um, and, uh, and and you know the guilt that he feels about that. Um, and so, you know, you are trying to get at the heart of this character because he is a, he is a, what's the, what's the, uh, he, he, he's just happy go lucky in, in a sense, but he, he does just kind of skip off, right? I mean, like, you know, he'll right. bring, even in the classics, he'll bring the whole civilization down, you know, brought Varos down and then just was like, well, goodbye. <laughs> like, I destroyed your whole civilization and I'm off. Uh, Although, to there, be fair with Varos, it's like, well, it's <laughs> I'm not going to stick around. For this. <laughs> it's, it's no big loss there, but um, yeah. Uh, but even in like even there, there's some notorious, uh, really great stories, good episodes where like they're in such a hurry to leave at the end because it's like oh, oh monsters defeated, everything's wrapped up, and like there sometimes there are characters who like were left in like a closet or something, and they just never <laughs> mention them. They're just like hide here, and then we never hear from them again. I was like, well, I assume they got out of that closet something. Like <laughs> they'll figure just, it like, out. We're off. We're gone. Um, and so uh, you know, yeah, there is sort of, and, and I think I was saying this in in the earlier part of the podcast is like it is. It's just tough, right? I mean, how much, you know, you don't obviously want, you, you, part of being a kid, too, is you want to move on to the next adventure, right? And, and, like, you don't want to have to spend all this time, like, oh, if I should never have, you know, gone left instead of right, you know, at the beginning of Boomtown. Like, oh, oh, we never tipped the waitress. Like, I, you, know, you don't want to go back. Right. That's sort of, because... Obviously. Wait, hold on. Are kids worried about tipping the waitress? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, got, I got lost in those two. They just walked out of that restaurant after reading the article. No. I don't know. You don't know what happened. Uh, uh, no, but it, it is sort of that um, uh, the things that he's involved in, the consequences are so significant, right? He's, you know, all these, glo- that, like, right, you could right. spend the whole episodes trying to deal with the, you know, the, the, the enormity of it. Um, and that might be a really interesting show, but that's not Dr. Who, right? It's just like, okay, we've had the exciting adventure and then, you know, the repercussions, that'll be something else. They try to do more of that in the, in the new series. Um, and then I think, you know, character development wise, yes, uh, it's a little all over the place in the edge of destruction. I do, I do think the yeah. moment at the end, uh, I think the Dr. Barber, the second Dr. Barber scene where he kind of apologizes yeah. to her, that's pretty, that's good. And it is, I think that is Whitaker's attempt to move them a little bit forward. Like they, it is the interesting tension of that whole first season, which is he kidnapped them. He forced them in, you know, they were, they were like, please let us go. And he's like, nope, you, you'll tell everybody about us. We have to leave. He kidnaps them in the TARDIS in that first episode. And then the rest of that season is him kind of saying, oh, I can get you back to Earth, but I don't quite know how. We end up on the wrong planet, wrong year, whatever. And they do want to go home. Um, and so there is a little bit of that that tension and, and that, you know, they're not there voluntarily. They're not like the kids who are like, this is fun. Let's run away like Rose or something like that. You know, they're like, hey, we, we are really not up for this. <laughs> um, and, uh, um, and and then he but at, yeah, and then he's while that is all going on, he's also antagonizing them, which is right. sort of what comes up here, which is um antagonizing them and treating their especially barbara's i think especially barbara's ideas as just oh just shut up you human what a stupid idea why do you even talk like and and (laughs) then of course now in and she mentions it in this said like look you'd be dead if ian hadn't gotten you out of uh the cave you know in an unearthly uh, unearthly child Mm-hmm. I forget if he mentioned something about uh, Daleks, but yeah. she mentioned something about the Daleks. She probably does. But then here, too, she sort of found her way to there. So she's saying, you act so superior and, you know, you just dis- so dismissive toward us. We're actually the ones getting you out of these things, which <laughs> is true. And so I, I, I you've, you've sold me. There is some development there where he actually sort of admits that a little yeah. bit and says, I, yeah. I'm sorry, I really should be doing this. But. Um, it's sandwiched it feels... between a whole lot of nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's at the end of the episode. I mean, but but yeah, he does grow there, and he's he's sort of this is the third story, so he is. Yeah. I mean, the idea, of course, is that the Doctor has been going on and having companions well before this, and maybe that's even in the audio and the and the novels. But um, at least for us, it's like, well, this is literally the first we're seeing of him, so it's like the Doctor sort of learning to be with other people, and you know. Yeah, the implication 
is that or a lot of sort of so for a very very long time uh sort of there wasn't much mention of what happens before right so the, so basically the series starts with an unearthly child we obviously know he has some life before like he's just blinking to be you know, really yeah. interesting origin story just <laughs> <laughs> genie blinked him into being um but uh um it was sort of verboten to go into that right just that his past was a mystery that was part of the mystery of the character um you know clearly he he has a granddaughter and it's never anyone no one it is never implied or stated in some way that she is not his granddaughter like she's just a nickname she had like she just happened to be an old guy so she's like ah oh, grandfather which would be pretty offensive really. um but uh, like you know she is actually his granddaughter so there was clearly you know, the mechanics of having a granddaughter, I'm a little vague on, uh, maybe you can explain yeah. it for <laughs> Drop some diagrams, yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, you know, so there must've been, uh, you know, a, a daughter or a son and, you know, there's, there's some other, there's a whole family lineage that's never really explored. Um, there are hints of sort of early stuff, but it's never spelled out specifically, but yeah. So we don't know much. We, we never find out much about the early years. Um, there's been a recent revelation that made, suggest something but again they're not going to get into specifics i don't think um and uh, uh so and then the implication is that he's never traveled with humans until he meets barbara and ian and that starts to change the character right that the, that what we're seeing in this first season is his character affected by humans and again you're seeing this with the, it's paralleled in the new series because rose is changing him right that, that his right his exposure to Rose after the time war is, is making him a better person as well. Um, you're just trying to make it sound like your sommelier picks are just so brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see the parallels? Can't you? You can't even. You're blind from all these parallels. <laughs> I've, I've spent six months in my basement with just pieces of yarn and it's just all beautiful minding this whole thing together. It's just a perfect cake. I was wondering if, if you're beautiful minding like that, if you do it long enough, do you just end up with a nice scarf? You just end up with <laughs> <laughs> all the yarn comes together just works out <laughs> or i just accidentally tangled up in your basement and you starve to death yeah that, that's that's the other yeah. way to go <laughs> option two <laughs> john john are you there yes okay oh, there are over 295 doctor who stories and we have ranked 16 of them mm-hmm. well we have Rocking. two more almost there basically by the way you can go to mindprobe.show slash rankings to see our current rankings mm-hmm. Which will have two more added, John, because we're going to rank these two episodes. I will what start I've off. Is I, I figured w- out how to put them in red, so when they're new, they're red. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. is okay. I, I, yeah, I spent a lot of time working on that. I learned some coding and stuff. I got it. Good, good. So look for that, folks. Look for red, the color red. Look for that coming to yeah. coming to know how the mind probe. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. You're gonna you're gonna pontificate on. No, it's fine. I was just gonna tell rankings. you. <laughs> I have really deep uh, emotional reactions to these two episodes, and I was gonna <laughs> tell you about it. Uh, okay. Well, last episode we had two that I really liked. This <laughs> episode we had two that I wasn't as crazy about, and it was funny because okay. So let me start with actually Edge of Destruction. I really didn't like this, and I'm actually going to put it below Vengeance on Varos, wow. which is wow. it's interesting. That could be a rash decision, but here's here's why Vengeance on Varos on Varos um is uh terrible, <laughs> 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 but but. Uh, there's at least lots of like strange things going on and like there's there's paths that are uh, there's a, a plot sort of, of some sort there's a yeah. plot there's there's things that are never um never explored and sort of you know uh, uh abandoned paths but the stuff that's there the, but there is stuff there and there are moments that are like i enjoyed like the uh the woman and the man who framed the whole thing their scenes are interesting like there's there's stuff there and yes the satire is a bit ham-handed this is just so unintelligible Mm -hmm. and like you 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 had me thinking a little bit with the thought of okay well the doctor is sort of humanized a bit by the end or is learning to live with humans a bit so there's at least something that comes of it and that gives me hope that there will be other episodes worse than this, but <laughs> I'm still going to put it below Vengeance on Varos. Also, the, the Vengeance on Varos had some crazy sets and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. interesting things. We never got to see uh, Perry in her bird costume, but it was no. potentially very cool. Right. It looked yeah. almost cool. No, it, 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 Edge of Destruction, if, if only the Doctor had thrown Barbara in acid. 
like that. They're really, really turning it around. <laughs> oh yes, uh, I would love a, a what do you call it a the a supercut of all the thrown in acid scenes from Doctor mm-hmm. Who. Probably just be that one over and over. I just want to <laughs> see not it. a lot of acid. Yeah. So then, um, Boomtown was funny because I struggled with. It. I actually didn't dislike Boomtown that much at all. But when it got to actually ranking it. I just kept having to move it lower and lower because I was like, well, it's not better than that, though. So I don't think it's a bad episode. Um, but I put it definitely near uh, near the bottom. I put it uh, just below uh, Curse of Fenric. Um, and then in terms of the new episodes, I didn't care for Dalek. And uh, and I put it above Long Game. Uh, but, it, but it's definitely right now in the bottom of the pack. I don't envision it as we add more and more episodes here, I don't envision that. That it seems like a very middle of the road. It's fine. Like mm-hmm. episode. Um, but right now it's uh, 14 out of 18. So it's a little lower. Where did you have these ranked? Okay. Well, so um, I'm just trying to do the comparison here. It looks like the, uh, the two we have agreed on at the moment are the Aztecs at number two. We both have that. And then Boomtown at number 14. We are both well, that's uh, locked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, um, I think Boomtown is thematically important. I think it has some funny moments, uh, but it just doesn't quite all gel together. Um, and to your rewatch measure, this is not one I'd rewatch. Yeah, no, nah, it's just it's not one you go. I, I, I will say, I was when I was rewatching it for this podcast, I was pleasantly surprised at moments that I remembered. You know, the the her escaping from the office, and he keeps turning her back on the, the beam, and um, a couple of you know there are a couple of jokes in there that were I was like, oh yeah, this was funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 a necessary episode in some ways, but it's not. It's just not it's not particularly exciting um and then uh i do your your points on uh, edge of destruction actually make me question slightly my uh, my ranking i do put it above varos um uh because i think i just like barbara and ian uh and the, right. the first doctor better i like that team a little bit better um and so uh you know because of the likability of them um and it doesn't quite have the the sort of random violence that's from mars I never forget know, Never forget Susan. As you think about the acid bath, <laughs> just remember Susan always. Well, I mean, you know, and, and yeah, dabbing yes. people with scissors. Well, you, you've got the yeah, you've got the acid bath, and then she really just lays into some furniture, some really nice uh. modular furniture, and so that is also traumatic. So, you know, as, as somebody who really cares about nice decorating. I gotta say, yeah, but um, yeah. So I put uh, put Edge of Destruction at uh, at seventy, but we're we're pretty much in agreement on Varos and it. Yeah, I think that's it. that's where I am. So we're, we're starting; these are starting to come together here. Again, like my my goal is these will become the same list, and I don't fully understand how it will happen, but it is possible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will have to change where Curse of Fenric is. Well, I mean, <laughs> but if you think about it, Curse of Fenric is moving up. Like it was, yeah. it, it is coming up. It's moving up now. You know, it's it's it's, totally. it's about to crack into the top ten. <laughs> it just keeps <laughs> <where> it's headed. <laughs> we'll do a deep. We could get some people we know to help do a deep statistical analysis week by week of how where are because you mentioned okay those are the two parts of our rankings that are exactly numerically similar. But if you just sort of do some cloud imagery of this, I'm sure they're they're statistically. Where are rankings most and least different? I'd like to know more about that. Let's get Nate Silver on that. <laughs> Working on that. Well, another thing I'm thinking now. Friend of the show. Big prober, Nate Silver. I don't, I, I don't know what the searching. I'm assuming someday, um, you know, they're going to be able to actually search or, or index audio as well. And if you go by the number of mentions, Vengeance on Barrels by far <laughs> is our favorite. Like, we the talk most about influential it show. Episode, so. I think we just like saying Varos. Varos. Vengeance on Varos. Well, John, if people want to give us feedback or recommend audio indexing services, uh, they can <laughs> go to mindprobe.show. They can see notes from old episodes, which you have been hard at work on. Mm-hmm. Our, our rankings that we just uh, we talked about should be updated by the, the time of each show. We have to f- figure out how to do that well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, and you can also send oh and also you can see the show order so if you want to watch along with us and 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 check out the episodes before the podcast each week or or each month who Uh, knows when they'll come out although i will say we should probably be prepared for maybe we should we should record two any this one so this if if things stay on schedule yeah this podcast will be released after the election. So this That's could be the last true. one if there's this massive civil war and the demand Pretty for much. podcast creators. <laughs> right, right. Depending on how the election goes, we'll all have to rethink some things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you would like this podcast to continue, I hope you voted for Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, but yes. 
Um, otherwise, John and I will take up arms. I don't really don't yeah. know what we'd do. We'd, uh, Again, I would we'd, do digital we'd marketing. We'd bring people of... together through podcasting. Mm. They would yes. be like, everyone, yes. look, can we can all agree on the edge of destruction. <laughs> we would all we can all agree. No, I, no. We would see, stop the bloodshed by showing the edge of destruction. Everyone would be so confused. They would put down their arms and be like, "What? What just? What is happening here?" Well, this will be interesting because will edge of destruction become as mentioned as vengeance on Varos? I'm not sure. We'll see. I think it's all about saying Varos. So I think Varos. no, edge of destruction is just not as interesting. Edge of destruction. Uh, edge of destruction. <laughs> if you'd like to send us a note, I am on mm-hmm. a service that I. Just got started called Twitter, um, and you could send little text notes, electronic mail, if you will. I don't believe it. Uh, and my my handle, as the kids say on that, is at Porter Mason, and please use the hashtag probe it up, probe it down, probe it all around town. <laughs> please, please use that hashtag, because I, I will not see it if you don't use that. Um, and uh, that and I think trending. that's it. And if you want to contact John tough that's too bad <laughs> that's <laughs> just too it. bad deal with it <laughs> uh, john what do we have in store for our next uh post-election episode yeah so we are rocketing into the season finale the grand Woo-hoo! finale uh so we will be finding out what is meant by the two words bad wolf and then right, we right. will uh say farewell uh to uh the parting to of people. the ways um, so it's another two episode another uh, two-parter yes yeah. and then uh we have paired that with as i promised an episode I, I hope, I think, will redeem somewhat the Peter Davison and uh, and Perry, Nicola Bryant, uh, in your eyes. The um, Again, another another classic, uh, classic. Caves of Androzani. John, each hour brings me closer to death, and that includes this podcast. So mm-hmm. since you're taking me to my death, that makes you my executioner. You're very quick to soak your hands in my blood. I meant to ask you, John, how do you keep your hands so supple and moisturized? Is it just soaking them in my blood or is it any kind of oil? Oil of Olay Raven's blood is an amazing product. So does it really need my blood so much? (laughs) I feel like you take a lot of my blood if you're not really even using it. You know, you just you don't know. It's it's like it's like it's like being a chef. You don't know what ingredients you're going to use at any given moment when you step in front of the pan. Actually, that doesn't make any sense at all. You (laughs) you do kind of have some idea of like if you're making chicken or not. Can we get some action figures of us? I'd be like, "Mm, mine is too much. No, mine is too much hair. Less hair. Uh, There we go. I just, I just keep seeing figure after figure and just be like, no, make it fatter. (laughs) Gotta be fatter. These aren't fat enough. You're bringing me action figures that are some sort of He-Man action figures. And then they go too far finally. It's like, okay, finally, I'm happy to say this. That one's too fat. You gotta back it off a little. (laughs)